You are listening to EP Culture Beat, the underground source of El Paso, Texas. How's it going, man? How are you? Good, and yourself? Good, good. It's kind of windy today. What's today? Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday in downtown. Yeah. Kind of getting blown, blown away here. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the folks listening out there. My name is Patrick McNeil. I am one of the co-founders and producers of Neon Desert. What's different about Neon this year? You know, obviously this is our ninth year in the making. Mm-hmm. We strive to, you know, kind of change the environment every year. This year we're literally uprooting the same environment that we used. And we moved it three blocks over to uh, a new environment, which I equally like, you know, even though minus the the park environments, the grass areas, uh, mm-hmm. I think it gives it more of an urban feel, kind of more a different perspective of downtown. And it allows kind of more unique sight lines of El Paso. So off of, uh, you know, the freeway exit right there where the train depot is right off the freeway, there'll be a stage placed in that parking lot right there, oh, which whoa. is, I think, Franklin and Campbell. Mm-hmm. 420 Campbell and it's really cool so in the backdrop of that you can see the mountain lines and then you know the star so it kind of gives you a like if you're coming from outside the city it gives you like a true feel of El Paso which I like a little bit better where exactly is the new entrance going to be so the new entrance will be located at the intersection of Texas and Campbell and leading into their will be a big u-shape kind of environment off spruiting off of campbell in a few different directions off of uh, mills going down towards texas on mills mm-hmm. uh and then the off streets of that and then back up campbell maine and uh franklin uh as i discussed about the other stage over there i hope everybody listening wrote that down <laughs> i think we just uh announced the new yeah. site map today on our socials so people will get kind of familiarize with that uh why did the location move you know as everyone sees the growth of downtown that was in, in existence when we first uh, started the festival in 2011 yeah which is you know a great thing to see that el paso is growing in the heart of el paso so you know it's just you know kind of like move away from you know a lot of the the logistical stuff that's going on with the construction like we saw today outside of yeah, here yeah Uh, So it just was a better move. And I think, you know, there's not a lot of businesses around there. So it really allows it to kind of move and we can kind of now continue the festival in that location into the future, which is great. Cool. Are there any other new things this year that like uh, specifically things that you guys haven't tried before? I think the biggest change or, uh, you know, something new is obviously the new site plan, which is kind of exciting to see how consumers kind of flow through it. It's all a concept on paper until you see the functionality of it. So, yeah, I think the elements of, you know, the art, the silent disco, the local stages, really uh, unique activations throughout the festival are things that I appreciate, like the skate park, uh, the luchador wrestling. But yeah, it's going to be another uh, fun year in downtown El Paso. We're going to go into some history of Neon for a little bit. Besides bringing a music festival to El Paso, what were some other goals for Neon Desert when you guys were building it? Specifically pertaining to Neon Desert, it was formed in 2010 before the previous or the first year the inaugural year of neon desert and it was started by initially gina martinez zach paul and brian chavez and then i was brought in shortly after that and uh 
that we worked together to create the first year of Neon Desert, which was, you know, a one day event. It was in a really small footprint. We didn't really have a lot of budget. It was more about bringing something that's never been done Mm -hmm. and understanding that if people supported it, we would reinvest the money to continue to grow it. And, you know, it was all just a dream. And really, the support through and through allowed us in 2014 to really kind of create a very more mainstream and substantial lineup that, Mm -hmm. you know, consumers really wanted. But, you know, it took the initial years of those people that supported and bought tickets and believed in what could be El Paso supports this event and uh, really wants to see it continue to happen. What was your main inspiration for creating a festival? Honestly, my inspiration? So when I first moved back, it was before we kind of uh, conceptualized the festival and like kind of linked up with Gina and Zach. So Brian and I started throwing uh, shows in in Austin originally in 2008 and uh, then decided El Paso was the move that there was, you know, El Paso is... Uh, if a lot of people don't know this is a huge hub for touring in, in America. So regardless of these bands stop and play a show, they're spending the night here. They're going to have to, they stay here no matter what. (laughs) So really the flow was already happening. It was creating sustainability and the idea of, you know, uh, quality promoters that didn't screw over the artists that they lost and kind of building that. So that was our Brian and I, Uh, first starting point and then you know kind of heading up the local scene here in El Paso you guys were pretty much uh, creating a net to capture all these guys that were passing 100% and I think from there that kind of bred the idea of possibly be doing a music festival but to get back to your question there was a music festival and these guys doing really great stuff out of what is called Pastilla Digital uh, yeah. which are still in existence. Uh, they've been doing shows for probably close to 20 years now. And they have a club that's world-renowned there called Hard Pop. But during that time, I think it was circa 2005, 6, 7, they started their own music festival called uh, Border Noise. Mm-hmm. And it was really amazing. So, like These artists that would be playing like Hard Fest in L.A., uh, like Soul Wax and Too Many DJs and Boys Noise and Crystal's Castles and countless, countless other really mainstream acts were coming to play this small, you know, 6,000 person festival in Waters. And it just showed the potential of what could be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously it didn't work out for them. And I think it died in, in 2007. But really, that was my biggest inspiration to trying to conceptualize a large scale event. And then, you know, on the other end of Gene and Zach mm-hmm. and their ideas, we kind of just like kind of fell into place and then started Neon Desert. How'd you guys settle on the name Neon Desert? I mean, I think it was just kind of something that you kind of have to describe the region and the idea of, you know, the beautiful sunsets we have here and, you know, the desert that surrounds El Paso. I think that's kind of the idea of where it all conceptualized but like with any conceptualization of a brand or a name mm-hmm. it's you know jotting down a thousand names yeah. and, <laughs> and finding the one that sticks the most but it definitely kind of described our region in the best possible way i think those sunsets man yeah they're world-renowned
since its inception do you happen to know how it's impacted the city economically how much is pumped into the city during the festival so i mean we keep track of all those statistics i'm probably the worst one to uh to to, to know those numbers I, I definitely that's not my forte in terms of what i do for the festival but i know for a fact that you i mean you could see the growth from year one to now year nine and the support and i think the statistics are something roughly around 30 percent of the attendance comes from outside the city which is really cool to see that people that have never been to el paso come here on the idea of this festival that takes place and uh it's really cool to see the growth year in and year out what's the average uh, attendance i think when we first started out we were we were doing like you know a five to eight thousand person event slowly growing into uh 2013 and then 2014 we saw some substantial growth yeah i think this year we're expected to do about uh you know 20 to 22,000 people in attendance each day cool yeah what do you do for the fest so my specific forte i i could say i'm i've done a little bit of everything over the years mm -hmm. but now jack of all trades huh? yeah exactly but now i mainly focus on the aesthetics so the overall feel of the festival from mm -hmm. the moment you walk into the neon desert entrance letters to the skate park to the luchador to the silent disco to the local stage to the art activations to the stuff that uh, creates an experience in my opinion and i feel like i mainly focus as a producer on creating an experience to consumers the style and the look yeah the feel all the instagram photos <laughs> <laughs> When it comes to booking for the festival, how do you gauge what El Paso and the surrounding area wants to see? We kind of gauge it off of like, you know, obviously we book shows throughout the years or throughout the year. And so as Splendid Sun, we're not just like a Latin promoter or a DJ promoter or a rap promoter. We bring music across genres mm -hmm. in every genre. We bring, we strive, you know, to bring music for the people, masses, whatever your genre tastes of music is. So seeing the turnouts of the, the shows shows us what El Paso is into. So then people will really appreciate this and stay ahead of the curve and kind of know what the trends are and what's relevant, you know. And right now, you know, like particularly like the rap EDM, mm -hmm. Latin trap kind of thing is what's, what's really big in El Paso. Yeah, you guys kind of get to pick the artists that are kind of like bubbling under like they're about to break for sure we've done it so many times i mean like think about j cole in 2015 or g easy oh no no j cole was 16 g easy was like in the middle of the of the lineup in 15 we brought flume cascade future before he got big j balvin mm -hmm. daddy yankee and you know we've been able to bring a lot of really amazing artists over the years as well as like Foster the People, Hometown Heroes at the Drive-In, Deftones, yeah. Passion Pit, countless, countless other artists. Um, and so it's really cool to kind of be able to curate what we hope that El Paso uh, loves. What's the easiest thing about running a festival? Nothing. <laughs> For real. I mean, because really in most festivals, like you see like ACL, Coachella's, you know, your Lollapalooza's, your major, major festivals. Yeah. They're building their festival sites out two weeks in advance. And uh, a little fun fact, I mean, we build Neon Desert in 48 hours 
and we tear it down in 24 hours. You know what I mean? So the, the environment that we transform into this downtown that you drive through, you may work or walk through on a daily basis. We basically have 48 hours to curate all the environment that you see there. And so you can imagine the amount of work that goes into that. I think, yeah, maybe it would be easier if we had a lot more time, but I think it, you know, it creates challenges, it creates obstacles, but I think it's also part of the, the fun and mm. the, the passion that is involved to be able to produce something like this. Anything worth it is not easy, right? Nothing in life. Okay, so what's the hardest thing? The hardest thing is, you know, selling tickets. Yeah. And getting people to support. You know, I is that know, always a wall every year? Like is that always a certain well, wall? Well, I mean, you know, it's you know, people always have their opinions, but they don't realize what the work and the risk that us producers take by providing this amazing thing for El Paso and it's like you know nowadays with festivals becoming so pop culture and mainstream and they see these Coachellas and they're like why can't we have this here but then you know people don't buy tickets or they don't support because mm. you know they don't like the lineup and I think that people need to just really understand that you know it's not even just about the music it's about it's just a fun party in the streets and it's better than doing the same old thing you do every weekend and, and if you can continue to support this it shows the potential of creating growth and bringing the artists that people want and you know just upping the ante all the way around and so yeah there's always people that don't like the lineup yeah um, I mean people can have their opinions but you just said that there is I guess a little bit of a support that some people have to give right yeah regardless if you like it or not I think that you know it's something great for the city and I think you know that's why we lose a lot of great things over the years it's like yeah. people tend not to support things and and I think that you know I wish people moved more towards a community based idea of supporting and understanding that maybe it's not what I like but it's gonna be fun and let's just go hang out with friends grab some drinks kind of see friends and and meet new people and it's kind of Maybe a community you'll like thing something. exactly and that's also the great thing because you know we do a lot of indie music and different alternative stuff through the lowbrow facet like last night we had tops which is an amazing band but like you know you got bane's world you got sales you got inner wave chicano batman maybe people aren't very familiar with them but they are amazing as well as you know most people are buying tickets for the top two lines you know but mm -hmm. uh i think if you come out early you can really kind of be turned on to some really really great music what's been the strangest request an artist has made um i don't handle any of the hospitality but I know we've had some, you know, interesting requests over the years. I mean, and, you know, it, it, it may seem outlandish to you and I being average folk. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, these artists have established themselves. And I think, you know, the requests are in vain of uh, who they are and, and the, the, the things that they need to, to create what they want to create or, you know, perform. So it's like, I, I you know, I've heard of, you know, candlelit you know, dressing rooms and uh, live feed from the stage that they're going to be performing because they want to hear all the music that other DJs are playing or okay. artists that are playing throughout the day. You know, your flowers and your, uh, you know, kind of spreads on food and things like that. But, you know, I think it comes hand in hand with being in the music. And as you get bigger, you get to have a more ridiculous rider that gets fulfilled. <laughs> no red M&Ms, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. What did you want to do when you were a kid? <sighs> what did I want to do when I was a kid? Um, 
<laughs> that's a tough question. Like professionally, like when I, yeah. like I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I knew, I knew from an early age that I always wanted to grind and meaning like hustle, whatever that was. Mm. I always had a passion for interactions with people and creating experiences. I, I started throwing parties at a young age in high school in Juarez running spots and so I kind of knew that I had a niche for getting people together yeah. in large groups in a fun environment so inadvertently I guess that led into me becoming a promoter yeah. a bar owner and all that kind of fun stuff but you know I don't recall exactly what I wanted to do but I went to school for like business and entrepreneurship so I think mm. I knew that that was my guidance and direction business and bringing people together yeah you're doing it yeah it's been 10 years in the making we try to ask this of everybody that's on the show especially if they're local how yeah. does el paso inspire you el paso is my entire inspiration for being here and i can tell you this uh So I think I touched on it earlier about uh, the youth of El Paso. And I think growing up here was a lot of fun. But as soon as I turned 18 and graduated from high school, I was like, I'm out of here. I never want to come back to the city. I'd probably visit here, you know, once a year, twice a year, Christmas, you know, mom's birthday or something. Yeah. Um, and it was one christmas break or thanksgiving or something that really kind of inspired me i was walking around downtown and this was probably circa 2007-8 and i was like this place is so amazing it just needs the people to stay here and create these amazing things to inspire more people to continue to create things so instead of running away from el paso I found this new love and respect in kind of an open lane or open canvas to be able to leave my impact in the the hometown that I grew up in and ran away from. But now I can kind of inspire the young generation that's growing up like I was to kind of, no, El Paso is cool. Like you could stay here and go to UTEP. You can be a part of the music scene. You can do really great things. And so I think El Paso has impacted me in everything that I do. Anything else that you'd like to add? Get out there and come check out the festival. If you've never been, I still meet people all the time that have never been to the festival, and I really wonder what you're doing this weekend. Uh, so you should be coming out and checking it out, even if you've never heard any of the music. Honestly, it's just a really fun time. It's a party. You get to meet new people that you've probably never met in your own hometown. And, you know, and also, too, go out and support the local music scene, Lowbrow, Splendid Sun, you know monarch all these other facets love buzz you know neon rose all these guys everyone's doing it and you know we're all trying to make the city a much better place and i think you know you should really go out and catch a show sometime cool one last thing can you provide a festival checklist what should people bring with them I mean, shoot, you know, I'd say stay hydrated so you can bring, you know, a refillable bottle of water or bottle container type of thing. Cool. And we have water setups all over the festival, obviously sunscreen and come with a good time. I'd say that. Cool, man. Thanks for being on the show. All right. Thank you so much.